America Meditating Radio Show. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. Hi, everyone. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. We bridge divides, we seek deeper meaning, and we answer life's most compelling questions from experts around the world. Because in a world of uncertainty and division within and out, we will need answers right here, right now. Join me and guests on America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Take a break. Breathe. Why don't you visit the Peace Village Learning and Retreat Center, 518-589-5000. He ran for state office and was beaten. Started a business and failed. Ran for Congress and lost. But thankfully, Abraham Lincoln didn't give up. Persistence. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. There's no place like home. Getting home safely is just a click away. Find the right seat for your little one's age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat for more information. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hello and welcome to America Meditating Radio Show. I'm your host, Sister Jenna, broadcasting from the beautiful Meditation Museum. And I'm sure by now... You are aware that we're going to be relocating, so looking forward to our next scene and to see how we're going to brighten up the nation's capital where the light spreads everywhere around the world. It surprises me that we have so many visitors per year, but I'm also touched and humbled by the fact that we must never stop doing the good that we are governed to do by the divine source of light. And I think one of the reasons why we are held back from moving into a destiny that's completely full and rich of everything good is that we hold on a lot to old stories. And every time we hold on to old stories or what I would always call the attachment to unfulfilled expectations, it stops you from moving into your destiny that really could be bright and right for you. And so what is it that holds us back? What is in that old story or that history that we seem to be clinging to that is serving the soul at a level that it gives the soul power? By now we've realized that our waste thoughts and waste mentality and energy robs us of the energy needed to move forward and be unstoppable. That enemy, which I call algae, A for anger, L for lust, G for greed, A for attachment, and E for ego. It is the enemy of the soul, and it's robbing us from the ability to show up in the world in a very profound and beautiful way. I wrote an article yesterday on Je suis Charlie. Translated in English, I am Charlie. Translated in spiritual language, Om Charlie. And you all know that I started an initiative last year, September, called the OM Challenge, where we're looking to capture OM videos from people all around the world where you set an intention, I am taking the OM Challenge for peace in my marriage, and in one breath, how long can you chant OM? And after that, you submit nominations of who you'd like to out-OM you, And with the recorded video of your chanting of OM, post it on your tweet or your Twitter handle or your Facebook account or 
any of those social media things. And by the end of June of this year, for International Yoga Day, we're planning to give that as a gift to the Prime Minister of India, Minister Modi, for the first year of International Year for Yoga. So when I heard about how I could break it down as Om Charlie, I thought it was very interesting. I am Charlie. I am actually a soul. And as a soul, I belong to everyone in the world. So what are we fighting for? And so that algae is the enemy that divides us, that stops us from moving forward, that disempowers us. And every time my waste thoughts are governed by the trace of algae, you check your life out. You will see that your energy is not existing at that optimum level. You don't feel inspired or intoxicated anymore. And the only one that is responsible for that is you. It's not the outside. It's not the place. It's not the food. It's not the time. It's you. And so are we ready to change that into something more important? Are we ready to step up from those old stories and step into the beautiful story of the soul, the energy of light? Stay tuned. We're going to have Cynthia Kersey on, founder and CEO of the Unstoppable Foundation. Beautiful woman. She's doing a lot of transformational work in the world. So we're going to turn to her in just a minute or two. But for now, why don't we just sit back, breathe a little, and go into some meditation. Breathe in. Relax. Just let it go. Om Shanti. The time that we choose to be aware doesn't necessarily require me to just sit and meditate. But even while I walk and move around, I can be in a meditative awareness, which is awareness of the soul the original, eternal, imperishable being of light. For a little while, I'd like to invite you to be present, to be here, and to be now. Allow your mind to settle in the moment, to relax. This meditation is about awareness. It's about becoming aware of your original and eternal self. It's about connecting to your truth. Let go of your name. And observe yourself feeling nameless. Let go of your gender to discontinue thinking you're a man or a woman. Let it go and observe how you would feel walking around without a gender. Let go of the role that you play and let go of the titles that you own. Observe how you're feeling as you are gradually letting go. 
Let go of your religion and put it aside just for now. And let go of your nationality and even the language that you're accustomed to. Imagine you have no name, gender, role, title, religion, nationality, or even a language. Ask yourself, how do you feel at this moment? And in this feeling, who would think of you and who would you think of? Supreme Soul would think of you, and you, the liberated soul, would think of the Supreme. In this state of absolute freedom, I am truly who I am. A free Peaceful, pure, immortal, and eternal soul. Allow yourself to just be absorbed in this awareness. this time. Welcome back. You're listening to America Meditating Radio Show, and I'm your host, Sister Jenna. We have the wonderful fortune of welcoming Cynthia Kersey, who is a leader in the transformational industry and the best-selling author of two books, Unstoppable and Unstoppable Woman. She's a speaker, entrepreneur, humanitarian, national columnist, and contributing editor to Success Magazine and was a featured guest on the Oprah Winfrey Show when Oprah launched the Angel Network. Do you all remember that? Cynthia is also the founder and CEO of the Unstoppable Foundation, whose mission is to ensure that every child on the planet receives access to the lifelong gift of education. The Unstoppable Foundation has already funded 61 primary schools and two high schools in three separate countries in Africa, and Cynthia's passion is showing how each of us can solve the world's most seemingly impossible challenges through simple individual activities. And we welcome her on the America Meditating Show. Welcome. Well, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. 
really am glad that you were able to find the time. You've been on a very unique journey, and your journey of integrating giving and social purpose is huge. It's become a business, Mm -hmm. but it's more your passion. How did you evolve into that? Well, it began with a, you know, with a major life transition, which a lot of things do. Mm. I had, you know, started my career as an entry-level telemarketer, worked my way up to become a national account manager, and yet, you know, just wasn't inspired by what I was doing and decided um, as I really looked at what's my purpose, what's my passion, that I loved encouraging people. And I loved stories about unstoppable people. You used that word earlier. So I literally quit my job back in 1996, cashed in my entire life savings, downsized our lives. I was married and I had a son at that time and um, moved forward to write this book, despite the fact I'd never written anything more than a college term paper in my entire life. <laughs> so I had no, no reason to think I could write a book, much less get it published. But that purpose to encourage people and inspire people with these stories that I'd always loved was really the thing that kept me going. And so the book got published. You know, I'm living my purpose. And 18 months after the book came out, my husband of 20 years uh, and I separated and got a divorce. And that was really the second kind of major turning point in my life because I'd been married essentially my entire adult life. It was really part of my identity. And I called my mentor, Millard Fuller, the founder of Habitat for Humanity, and told him what had happened. And he said, when you have a great pain in your life, you need a greater purpose. And he well, had could just you gotten say that back. Again for me, please. Yes. Please say that when again. you have a great pain in your life, you need wow. a greater purpose. Love that. I love mm. that too. Yeah. And he had just gotten back from Nepal, and uh, he said, why don't you build a house for a family in need? And as I thought about what he, has sa- he had said, I thought, how many houses would I need to build to offset this pain in my life? And when I got to the number 100 houses, that felt bigger than my pain. And, you know, I had no community. I had no, you know, influence at that point. I had, again, it was another one of those things. I had no reason to think I could do this. How was I going to do this? But the purpose, you know, when I thought about those families that didn't even have a simple, decent house to live, that was bigger than my issue, my human self, my, uh, what I was going through. And that year when I was out there speaking and many times, you know, my eyes were so swollen from crying and grieving and, you know, I again, I would think about this purpose. I'd think about these families and it got me through the most challenging year of my life. And then the following holiday season, I took 18 people to Nepal. I had raised $200,000 and we worked on the first three of the 100 homes that were subsequently built. And that experience, mm-hmm. again, <laughs> was like, wow, I experienced at a visceral level what giving, you know, but what putting exactly. my attention to something that was bigger than me, being of service. I thought when I started that, that I was doing something great for them. And while it was something great for them, I was the one who received the greatest gift. And I think <laughs> is the power of giving. 
It is, and isn't that always the case? You know, Mm -hmm. there are two forms of selfishness. One is, I do it just for me, and it benefits no one. Mm -hmm. But I do what I do, and it benefits everyone. So I call that pure selfishness. And we have found that if you really want to take care of yourself, be of service to others, and you'll see how much it serves you. And as you're telling me the story, Cynthia, I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about, and look at all that telemarketing skills actually worked out for your benefit. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, in order for you to gain, I mean, to earn $200,000 for this, you needed to be on the phones with people, talking to folks, getting That's people right. on board. There you go. You know, That's your purpose right. continues. <laughs> yes, it did. And sales and, you know, just all of those skills I'm now using in my life now that I'm running my foundation. You know, I'd written a second book and, you know, was kind of doing this work, giving work on the side while I was doing the business. But now I'm, you know, running my foundation and all of those skills that I learned at Sprint and, you know, really allowed me to at least, you know, come with some good skills. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, <laughs> greater work. It's good. I know the mm-hmm. Unstoppable Foundation has a turnkey platform, right? It allows yeah. entrepreneurs and individuals an opportunity to make a massive difference. Let our listeners know a little bit about the foundation so that Thank you. if there's a role that they can play, they can participate. That's fantastic. Well, so our vision is to ensure every child gets access to an education. Basically, there are 57 million children in the world today who won't even walk through a primary school's door. And that equivalent is one out of 10 children in the United States, age 14 or younger. So imagine, you know, if your niece, nephew, child, grandchild couldn't even learn how to read or write their own name, what kind of a future would they have? And in developing countries, 43% of those children are in the sub-Saharan Africa. And in those areas, if you just build a school and you don't take care of other issues like ensuring they have access to clean water and health care and food and nutrition, the schools won't be able, they'll be empty. So basically, sure. we fund a model called Sponsor a Village, which believes that When villages, when communities have the tools, they can help lift themselves out of poverty, right? So it's kind of an empowering from the bottom up. And by investing in health and food production and education and access to clean water, you're giving these essential skills that enable villages to escape poverty once and for all. Our development model is sponsor a village. So we go into these villages and we provide those 5P pillars working in conjunction hand-in-hand with the community members. And so the turnkey solution that you're talking about is something we call sponsor a village. And you can, for $25,000, you're funding a schoolhouse and you're funding you're putting money towards these five areas and we have a platform where people can raise money um we have something Warren Moon who's a former NFL Hall of Famer you know he's going to start challenging his alma mater to sponsor a village and and there's a page it's like a fundraising site where you go and you uh donate money i speak at organizations where they have events where as a, a legacy you know they want to be able to give back so we give them an opportunity. I talk about the power of giving and how it benefits. Why it's in our best interest is individuals and businesses to give back. Because just like what you said, 
when businesses give back, number one, they're expected to in the day and age that we're in. But number two, when you get them working together on a project that's bigger than them, it transforms their business. Um, Over and over when I go speak to organizations and events and they're given an opportunity to sponsor a village, you know, it transforms the entire event. Because you cannot give, as you know this, without feeling your abundance. You know, Mm -hmm. you can be the the richest person in the whole world, and if you're holding on to that money for dear life, are you experiencing prosperity? Mm-mm, not at all. No. Not at all. <laughs> even if you hold on to just your your heart of gold, you're not even experiencing prosperity, right. much less a dollar bill. There you go. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's only when you give. So we provide ways where organizations can bring that purpose into their business, into their employees, into their their field, their salespeople, where they are all inspired that they're working together on something that is bigger than them. And just like it transformed my life when I built those, you know, helped raise the money to build those houses years ago, it transforms their lives as well. Beautiful. So is that what you would call um, conscious capitalism? Is it where you are engaged in capitalism, which some people tend to say it's so, um, I don't know if the word, it's imbalanced. I I believe capitalism is really bartering kind of accentuated in another way, but when you're conscious in your form of capitalism, I decode it as you understand the law of karma and the law of the universe where you're giving more than you take. What's your interpretation of yeah, that's a great that's a great uh, analogy. Well, conscious capitalism is a term that was coined by Patricia Aberdeen, who is, you know, one of the leading social forecasters of the last 30 years. And basically, she named it as a mega trend, which means it's this overarching direction that shapes our lives for at least a decade or more. And so conscious capitalism is really a movement of consumers, entrepreneurs, visionary CEOs, managers, executives of Fortune 500 companies. And it was birthed by this increased awareness of the untallied cost of unconscious capitalism, right? So it's, Mm -hmm. you know, years ago, uh, the late Milton, Milton Friedman said that the social responsibility of a business was to increase its profits. And mm-hmm. while I think we all agree making a profit is important for a business, but now a conscious business expands it to include the way in which we make our profits. And so now conscious capitalism is essentially looking at a triple bottom line. You know, it's measured not just on their financial performance, but their performance on how how it is, does it impact people, right? Your your stakeholders, your shareholders, the communities in which you're you're doing business, your customers, people planet and profit. And when you look at that, it's not only, you know, how am I impacting my shareholders, and, uh, but how do I impact the world at large as a result of my business? Do I make the world a better place? And when you have businesses that come from that place, not only are we living in a better world, but there's all of these studies 
that show that their return on investment is much greater. They're more profitable as a business when they take into consideration the, the tenets of a conscious business, which is exciting. Nice. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, I think that also actually borrows from the conscience of the soul because yeah. until we create a culture of individuals who believe in this law mm-hmm. of really coming from that place of giving and sharing, I don't know how we're going to sustain the planet because if we're constantly into yeah. this only for the taking and no profit in return, because really at the end, if you're out there, Cynthia, and you're only into the society right. and the world, take mm. from it, you still end up empty. I've seen the tiredest of people mm-hmm. are the ones who take the most from people. And the most inspired people are constantly upping their game, giving more, challenging their resilience and see to what extent they can go that extra mile of their own hearts. Uh, No doubt about that. You know, it reminded me of uh, Sir John Templeton was a billionaire and he was one of the greatest financial investment advisors of of the 20th century. And people were constantly asking him, you know, what's your secret to success? And he said one word, tithing, and essentially, you know, giving at least 10%. He said, Mm -hmm. I've never known anyone who has tithed at least 10% of their income to good causes who didn't have it coming back tenfold. Just reaching out and helping others brings that energy back to you. And he went on to say, don't wait until you have a lot of money. Reach out and help now. So that supports what you just said. You know, here's one of the the top financial experts in the world. And the one piece of advice that he says is to give. When you give, it shifts the energetic of who you are. It shifts your attention from what can I get to how can I give back, how can I be of service. And as you said, if if the planet, if all of us are looking for how do we make the planet a better place, businesses now are looking for, Bill Gates calls it creative capitalism. How do we mm-hmm. use our business, you know, to turn around and to make, uh, you know, our our waters cleaner and to make our ins- our workforces and workplaces a place of inspiration and to heal the planet? You know, imagine businesses who are stepping up right now and doing that. It was predicted by Paul Hawkins years ago in his book, and now it's absolutely happening. And it's necessary Mm -hmm. (laughs) because if not, I mean, we're not going to be in a good place. So it really is an opportunity now for people who want to be a conscious business person. People are, as a consumer, they're demanding it more and more. Beautiful. Yeah. It is exciting, and we're so moved by the work that you're doing. And more than anything else, just the fact that you followed your heart, one of the most perhaps challenging things, I was talking to a friend of mine who's been a millionaire. She's ran quite a number of shops. She ended up living in an ashram for 30 years. She wanted to transition from that. And that in-between process that she's feeling, do I stay or do I go, It's a very unique place to be in. What was it that just thrusted you and said, that's it, I'm done. I'm going to close this chapter, move on. You know, what was going on in you? Was there something that was really pulling you forward? Was that the vision that was pulling you forward? Or was it the fear of being stuck there for many decades to come? Yes, it's such a great question. 
Yeah, oh yeah. I and I've been through these <laughs> transitions a few times now. The mm-hmm. latest one was when I was, you know, doing this foundation on um, part time and still running my business. And there was this little voice you know, that said, wow, what would it be like if you could do this full time, if you could, do, you know, dedicate 100% of your energy to this calling that you have, you know, for these children. And there would be this immediate louder voice that says, you can't do this full time. You need to make money. You have to be able to support yourself. I was a single woman. And four and a half years ago, that I had just come back from Kenya visiting, you know, the schools and the children and the communities, and which is completely on on fire and inspired and again the voice was like you know why don't you do this full time now and I was working out at a gym and I'd always stuck that voice down and when I was working out I let that voice be that little still quiet voice and I just let it be and by the time I was finished working out I thought you know maybe it is time And I came back and I had a a mastermind call. And during that call, I said, I feel like it's, I think it might be time. And everybody's like, well, of course it's time. You know, they could see it. And literally, I made the decision right there. I was going to stop running my unstoppable business and step into my unstoppable foundation full-time. I had no idea how I was going to do it. I called Mary Morrissey, who's one of my best friends, and I talked mm-hmm. to Marsha Weeder. And both of them, we, we decided what my, my strategy was. You call three people every day, and you ask them Love for that. support. Yeah, that's it. That was the grandmaster strategy. That's it. <laughs> and, and that's I had a, it. Huh? That's it. That's and it. And I had a I had a strategy, and so literally the, the bottom line is you ask people to support you either with resources, with financial contributions, or with contacts. And literally within a month, think, things completely transpired. I had people who donated a significant amount of money to really help me launch this next uh, campaign and really launch my foundation, and it's just I mean, you know, it was like once you step in and commit fully is when the miracles happen. It's true. You know, even when I um, sit and I talk to my staff and stuff, I I tell them that it is this personal contact with people that makes a difference. It's getting on the phone. Yes. This is what I love about the AM radio show, Cynthia. It is our conversation over the phone about our lives that seal these relationships and make them so valuable. And I don't believe anymore in just sending out an email and I did my job. Yeah, it's the supporting feeling that you put that energy in. Let me call Cynthia. Let me just tell her what I'm up to, how things are going. And I believe that's where you feel the reward of your efforts. And I, I, I right. just so love what you just said because it's so true. Well, and good for you because, you know, people now kind of hide behind voicemail and email and texting. I think it's so smart. People, you know, people want to feel connected and people want to feel appreciated. And I think the fact that you're reaching out to people just like we do. I mean, it's you're not going to be successful if you're just asking people to do things and not allowing them to feel a part you know, with that human mm-hmm. connection. So regardless, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I think that's really a critical piece, whether you're if you're listening and you want to, you know, enroll people in a vision uh, or a nonprofit or a project, reaching out and giving them the experience of transformation. You know, I think enlightened giving 
or giving the way that we want to live into. We don't have this nailed yet. <laughs> you know, we're a growing organization. But when you ask people to give and you're giving them the experience of transformation, it's an equal exchange. Because it's not powerful to ask people to give like I'm taking, right? Please give to me and to my foundation like I'm taking. That, that doesn't put me in a powerful position. But I now know I have taken enough people to Kenya and to our projects to get the gift that I'm actually giving them, the opportunity to transform their life. And when you come from that place where you're enrolling people in your project, it's powerful because I'm asking for me. I'm asking for them (laughs) what's going to happen in their life when they give. Yep, I totally agree with that. I think you're doing what's needed in the world today and keep it up and wishing you all the very best on it. I have to, unfortunately, bring the show to a close, but is there any final things that you'd like to share, anything about the book that you'd like to let our listeners know, which we didn't get a chance to cover, but maybe part two, but anything in brief, and then leave me with your favorite quote that you're living by currently, a website. Well, you know, I think for me right now, you know, I love the Margaret Mead quote, which is never forget, you know, that a small group of committed people can change the world. Indeed, that's the only thing that ever has. And mm-hmm. we're committed to creating a world where every child has an opportunity to live into their dream. And education is a vehicle to let that happen. And so I encourage all of you to you know, really step into what is your calling? What is it that inspires you? And be unstoppable. You know, just be unstoppable until that happens. And if you are inspired by anything that I've said, you can learn more about our work at unstoppablefoundation.org. And I just appreciate your work, sister, so much. And the work that you're doing is so powerful. And I appreciate your giving me the opportunity to share what we're doing and our passion and mission in the world. Wow, you're sweet. Thank you so much, Cynthia. Have a fantastic 2015. Awesome. You too. Appreciate it. (laughs) Take good care. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So never give up on your ability to actually see that when you're there's something inside of us that calls us. It, it'll keep calling us. It's like a gnawing feeling. It keeps telling you there's more. There's more that you can give. And did you hear Cynthia's sharing that when the pain gets so deep, it means also your purpose has got to get higher? And so for those of you who are listening on today's show, if you happen to be in a corner where you're completely isolated and tucked away from the world and where you think it's safe, but really, if someone were to pry you open and see what's inside, they would see maybe a sad little lonely boy or girl just trying to find love somewhere to just feel secure and grounded. Look, maybe your purpose needs to get higher. Maybe what it really is is that life is telling you, hey, there's so much more that you can give. And if you've stopped doing that, then what is it that you're holding on to? As I mentioned earlier in the story, if you're holding on to something of your past, you cannot walk into a destiny that is new and really made for you. You're only going to keep reliving an old, old, old story. 
But hey, I guess some of us are into classic movies, so hey, more power to you. But hope you've enjoyed the show today on the American Meditating Radio Show. We were very touched by Cynthia Kersey's information, so go to unstoppablefoundation.org if you'd like some more information on her. And we thank you for making us one of your number one syndicated meditation shows in the world. All the very best. And as we close every show, remember no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we are here to love each other the same. So we will end today's show with We Are the People of Love by Sanatan Kaur. Take care, everyone. <laughs> 